0: <laughs> Family Broadcasting Corporation in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network presents Sportsiac. One host knows sports, the other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever!
1: As we record this happy Friday, welcome to episode 171. The Rick Sutcliffe episode? I've heard that name before. The Red Baron?
2: Good old Cy Young winner in 1984. Good old number 40. Currently an analyst on ESPN. He won 171 big league games
1: in his career. 171, Rick Sutcliffe, Red Baron. You remember that Red Baron song when we were little? That bloody Red Baron. Oh, yeah, the Snoopy and the Red Baron. I had that record as a kid i have the picture of you
2: having that record as a no kid. you don't you have <laughs> me and turkey in the straw
1: oh is that what that yeah. is
2: turkey in the straw oh mm-hmm. what a wonderful oh yeah trivia a heart, question
1: heartwarming memory uh welcome to the sports yak podcast as we record this it is friday on the eve the day eve of your first basketball game broadcast this mm-hmm. season On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you?
2: Oh, I would say probably about a 9.5. 9.5? Why? Why? Because, first of all, I go back to the old stomping grounds. It's my favorite gym. Uh, I'm very nostalgic about Northside Gym. It has been there for 65 years, including all of my existence. I grew up in that gym, went to middle school at that place. Can you imagine playing your middle school games in a gym that seats seven thousand three hundred seventy
1: three people? And at the time, it's at 8200 My wife and brother-in-law have fond memories of that place. I came and watched you do your thing last year in that place. And you're right. If that place has the right temp, <laughs> it's, it's it's hopping. It will be hopping tonight. It's kind of hard to find a parking spot. And I was it there. It will be tonight, too. At a decent time. It was yeah. a little tough. Yeah. I might come watch it tonight. I like watching you do your thing. I would say get there early. Yeah. Or I'll be sitting in the crow's nest. It would be nice to see the Crow's
2: Nest have to be used tonight.
1: Where's Where's that at
2: in the gym? The Crow's Nest, um, I stand, well, Bob and I are in the upper, in the corner of the balcony level yes. at Northside Gym. The four corners are set up for media use or scouting or whatever. Behind us and above us is an area of maybe... 12 rows of bleachers that you have to go up a set of stairs to get to. Okay. And that is called the crow's nest. And they have them in all four corners. Okay. They haven't been used probably since the days of Sean Kemp.
1: I sat to your left last year. Mm -hmm. Those bleachers kind of right there. Yeah. That's not crow's nest. No. This is higher. Higher. Oh, wow. Higher and up behind me, yeah. Maybe I'll throw in a couple extra bucks to sit there. Well, you don't have to. (laughs) The VIP section.
2: If you want to look at it that way, I felt like a VIP when I sat up there for my first game. But Elkhart Central and Elkhart Memorial, the 79th meeting for the Longfellow Trophy. That's the, the award. It's named after John Longfellow, who was a former coach at Elkhart High School. Okay. And uh, could be the last meeting between these two for boys basketball on the hardwood. Now, it's always possible they could get paired together in the
1: sectional. That would
2: be wild.
1: Okay. Let's uh, rewind a bit and talk about the number one team in the NFL, the Chicago Bears. Well, they are
2: when they play on Thursdays. (laughs) They're really good on Thursdays. They beat the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, and last night they beat the Cowboys by a count of 31-24, and as Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, put it, that score is not indicative of how badly we got beaten. The Bears handed it to Dallas last night, and... Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky have apparently found their groove. Yeah. Uh, Too late? Oh, it's too late, yeah. Um, Not to sound like Carol King, but it's too late.
1: How do you maintain that groove moving forward? Well,
2: that's a good question. And uh, a lot of that has to do with personnel. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Bears were handicapping themselves at tight end earlier in the year playing Trey Burton, who's no stinking good and they put in a kid last night with the last name Holtz. I don't think he's any relation to the Holtzes around here, but he sparkled on a couple of plays last night. Cordarell Patterson looked terrific last night. All the receivers looked good, mainly because Mitch was putting the ball on the money last night for the most part. First drive of the game, he throws just a woeful interception, and I tweeted that's there's Mitch being Mitch. You know, I just thought here we are, national spotlight, and he's gonna spit the bit. After that, I gotta give the devil his due. He was terrific last mm-hmm. night. Twenty-three out of thirty, I think. Three touchdown passes and one touchdown run. Now it helps that he was playing against a Dallas defense, which I realize had good numbers coming in. It's surprising because here's the one observation I've made of the Dallas Cowboys this year. They can't tackle where a darn. I mean, there was a run that Corderell Patterson had after catching a ball, and he's eight yards from the first down marker on a third down play. And he put some moves on people, including the former Irish star Jalen Smith, and wound up going 30 yards down the field. You look at Trubisky's touchdown run last night in the fourth quarter. He must have broken through four tackles. There's no reason Mitch Trubisky should be breaking four tackles. They're that bad. <laughs> yeah, they're that bad. <laughs> and here's the scary thing. The Cowboys still lead the NFC least with a record of 6-7. and seven. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Bears are 7-6, and six, and they sit a game and a half behind the Vikings in the NFC standings. The problem for the Bears is the schedule that they have to play on the way out. Packers... Chiefs, Vikings. Hello. (laughs) They won't be a favorite in any one of those games.
1: But they can see what they're made out of and build on next year already. Watching Trubisky in
2: these last couple of games reminds me a little bit of watching Ian Book in the last part of the season. Remember we were going through that stretch in October where Ian Book, quite frankly, wasn't very good. Yes. His completion percentage was about 53%, I think, in the month of October. A lot of people were talking about, well, should Phil Jerkovic be coming in? Child, please. But then Ian Book, with that last drive of the Virginia Tech game, kind of found his mojo, became more confident running the ball, which helped him be more confident throwing the ball, and it all came together. Well, if you watched that game last night, Trubisky made some plays with his legs and got the Bears some key first downs that they needed. And that, I think, helped him with his confidence throwing the ball as well. He threw a couple of lasers for touchdowns last night. Good to hear. Let's talk about the Colts. Well, the Colts are on the struggle bus, as we know. They come in as well at 6-6, playing Tampa Bay this weekend, which should be You would look at that, and you would say, well, that should be a Colts victory because you're playing famous Jameis Winston, who is an absolute turnover machine. But the problem for the Colts is they're so banged up, and now it looks like Adam Vinatieri, well, we know Adam Vinatieri's not going to play this weekend because he's got a knee problem. He may not play again this season. You wonder if the end has come for the 46-year-old, the only NFL player to begin his career in the 1990s. Wow. Uh, So, you know, you look at the Colts right now and and it's hard to see Frank Reich's team getting through the morass of things that they need to to make the AFC playoffs, but they actually have a better shot of making the AFC playoffs than the Bears have of making the NFC
1: playoffs. Mm. That would be a bummer to go out on a career like that with an injury, well, not on your terms. An
2: injury and a really bad season, perhaps because
1: he was injured yeah, and kept aggravating. The Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also buy Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and snow dog products. Old man winter's ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591. Or find them on the web at pyramidequipmentinc.com. Follow Chuck on Twitter
0: oh
2: at forty six sports. Follow Corey on Twitter at my name is Corey.
1: Let's talk about the name Tom Allen.
2: He is the head football coach at Indiana University, and as of about as we record this at nine forty five in the morning, as of about forty five minutes ago, Tom Allen is a very wealthy man. Let me call up the terms of the contract that he has just signed with Indiana University. It is a seven-year extension. How long had he been there already? Chuck, three. Three. This was his third year. Okay. He went eight and four, which ties the school record for most wins in a season. He will now be getting an average annual compensation of 3.9 million a year. Seven-year contract worth 27.3 million dollars. It's guaranteed for the first three years and then a 50% total compensation for the last four. Plus, he'll get the uh, typical bowl championship bonuses and buyout provisions of other Big Ten coaches. He also managed to get 500000 added to his total assistant coach strength and conditioning and operations salary budget to distribute among his assistants. And a year is added back to the contract term
1: for each year that IU qualifies for a bowl game. In the grand scheme of things, how is that as far as a contract? Is that a pretty nice deal for him? That's a well. First of all, it
2: outweighs anything, any kind of financial commitment that Indiana has ever made to its football. Company. Wow. And I believe on base salary. Now, remember, Brian Kelly gets quite a few things from his coaches' shows and and some sponsorship deals, but I think it's a, a, about a million higher than what Brian Kelly gets paid in Nerd Wow. So you never know when some renegotiation might be going on there. And I'm sure both Tom Allen and Brian Kelly have used the vacancy at Florida State to their benefit on these kind of things. Now, the difference is Indiana is a public institution, so you're going to learn Tom Allen's contract terms. Notre Dame is a private institution. You're going to kind of get it through the grapevine a little bit as to what Brian Kelly's contract terms
1: are. And we've all played that game in kindergarten where you whisper one thing in a kid's ear and it goes around the circle. Oh, yeah. And by the time it gets around, it's like, ooh, that's either inflated or right, uh, very fictional. I did see Brian Kelly in two recruiting pictures yesterday wearing the uh, blue power suit. Yeah, he was in Hawaii, and I um, I guess
2: the kid over there that they went to welcome. And while I do hope that the kid becomes a wonderful player, I hope he comes with a pronunciation guide because he's, quite a name. he's got quite the name. And uh, he was just, he says, I'm sitting in my house. And here comes the head football coach at Notre Dame in a blue power suit up my steps, and you you can just tell that it's like
1: holy cow. Yeah. The other young man, his last name was Watts. I I hit his Instagram and kind of looked him up and saw what he was about. These boys are both big. Oh yeah, big, big boys.
2: Yeah. These aren't the speed demons. These are uh, these are offensive and defensive linemen that Brian was going to visit yesterday.
1: Well, congratulations, Tom Allen. How about that?
2: Email the Sports Yak with comments or
0: questions at the Sports Yak with 2Ks at gmail.com.
1: Let's segue to Notre Dame men's basketball. Actually, uh, I hear quite the injury. Robbie
2: Carmody is out for the year with a torn ACL. And sadly, I mean, it's sad when it happens at any time, but it happened in the last minute of a blowout game. On Wednesday night.
1: Second injury uh, of his career that's taken him out for the... He had
2: a shoulder injury last year that sidelined him, and now he was starting to round into shape. Mike Bray was starting to use him more, and Carmody goes down with a torn ACL, and you could tell the moment he landed that the season was done. Mm. So Notre Dame now down to eight scholarship players on the men's side, and they looked awful Wednesday night against Maryland. They shot 29 percent TJ Gibbs and and again this is not personal I don't know TJ Gibbs I'm going to assume that he's a fine young man on and off the court but he cannot shoot he can he was over for 11 the other night and the problem is when you only got eight scholarship players who else are you going to put in there mm. you're a senior you can't go shooting oh for 11 as a senior. Now, Prentice Hub, you look at the box score, you say, oh, Prentice Hub had 13 points. Eight of those were during cocktail time, kids. Eight of those were when this game was well over. Prentice Hub was a non-factor. I loved me some Rex Fluger, but he was a non-factor. The only thing going for this Notre Dame team right now is John Mooney. It caused one of my colleagues, Tim Priester at Irish Illustrated, to tweet yesterday, the program is broken. They're 6-2. They've lost two games to good teams on the road. But there's not a whole lot of, you know, we sit here and I try to be optimistic. Not a whole lot
1: of reason for optimism around the Irish men's basketball program right now. And what do you think about the future? Like these new players coming in, is it just not...
2: I'm, I've am i always been, Corey, the kind of person, don't tell me what a kid's doing in high school. Let me see what he does when he gets here. Okay. Now, the good news for Mike as he goes on the recruiting trail is you're going to play right now.
1: <laughs> you're going to play when you come to South Bend. You know,
2: this wasn't like what he used to do where he would have uh, a log of veteran players in front of people and it's like, okay, we're going to bring you along slow and and – You're going to bide your time, and you're going to learn, and then you're going to be ready. No, this is you're playing right now, Mm -hmm. uh, which has good and bad parts to it. But, you know, Notre Dame's not getting the one-and-done guys. Notre Dame's not recruiting the guys that Kentucky and Duke and those guys are getting. So let's get that out of your heads right now. Which means that this, you know, is this team ever going to compete for a national? No. No. And they haven't. They haven't in the history of the program. They've been to one Final Four. So let's not have some unrealistic expectations about what. But right now people are saying, well, can they have a winning season? And based on what you saw on Wednesday night, that's a valid question. And it's not much better right now at Purcell Pavilion for the women's team. Uh Muffet was not a happy camper with the defense on Wednesday night against Minnesota. And the Irish lose that game 75-67. But it's the same old story for this team. It's something that we've seen a couple of times this year. They dig themselves a big first half hole, in this case 18 points. They work their way out of it, grab the lead in the fourth quarter, but then they're just spent. It's like, you know, you feel like you got to the top of the mountain. What do you mean there's five more minutes to climb? Mm. I got nothing left and they didn't. And part of that is because a couple of players have transferred and you're low on bodies and Abby Prohaska has a blood clot in her lung and you're low on bodies and you don't have people to put in there. It's an iron seven and I can hear people saying, well, she had an Iron 7 before. She had five WNBA players on her team. Now, she doesn't have that right now. So, now, the good news for Muffet is everything you hear about next year's recruiting, highly positive, that they've got a ton of talent coming in next year. But that's next year. That doesn't do you any good this season. And guess where they get to go Sunday on Pulse FM? Number four, UConn. Geno's waiting for them out in Connecticut. Oof. Sitting there drinking wine, eating cheese, and smelling like beef and cheese. And they'll be ready to rock at Gamble Pavilion. I guarantee you that.
1: You can catch Purdue and IU basketball on Pulse FM 103.1. That's the home. Home and away. Home and away. Indiana has
2: its first road game Saturday. Now, they passed one test on Tuesday night when they hammered Florida State at assembly hall. But now we'll see how Archie Miller's team for the first time all season handles a hostile environment when they go up and play Wisconsin. Now I don't think Wisconsin is as good as what they've been but they're still not bad. Mm-hmm. And the Badgers they'll be waiting up there for the Big Ten opener with IU. That's Saturday afternoon at 1. Boy did Purdue look good Wednesday night. You know as as negative as I was about Notre Dame men's and women's basketball, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what a performance by the Boilermakers at Wacky Mackey on Wednesday. Here comes Virginia, ranked number five, defending national championship. They got Tony Bennett as their head coach.
1: Hey, everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: Where's Lady Gaga?
2: <laughs> and Purdue just Absolutely destroys them. Sasha Stefanovic starts the game for Purdue, first start of the year. Three, 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 and they get up and they just put the hammer down constantly, and they wind up winning sixty-nine to
1: forty. I saw over the great, defending national champs. I saw a great video on Twitter of you could hear a pin drop, and then when someone hit the three, that place went b a n a n a. N-A-S. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, I have not been to a game there, and I want to get that off my bucket list. Be- really? Because I hear, and I can hear it on TV, that place has got to be one of the loudest arenas. And we talked about it on Wednesday's show, about mm-hmm. how it's configured and, and why it's so loud. It lived up to billing on Wednesday night. That place was an insane asylum. Okay. So now Matt Painter's team has Northwestern coming in on Sunday. Northwestern doesn't seem to be any stinking good this year, uh, which is kind of a tradition in Evanston. Hey, we're Northwestern. We're no stinking good. So they're coming in and taking on Purdue, and you can hear that game Sunday on 103.1 FM at 5 p.m. This Sunday I'm going to the Notre Dame hockey game. They've got Boston College coming in. Big series for the Irish Icers. Jeff Jackson's team plays there in Boston tonight, and then they get a travel date, and they come home, and they play B.C. here on Sunday. That's interesting. That's a rarity in college hockey. What's going on there? Well, that's just the rivalry between the two schools, and they want to play a home-and-home, and they're not in the same conference, so they got to figure out a way to do it, and they basically say, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, They didn't call Montel Jordan to do that. (laughs) He was very Um, busy.
1: This is the teddy bear game, didn't you say? Teddy bear toss. So,
2: um, Diane Freeby in charge of that acquisition, and we will chuck a bear onto the ice at the appropriate time, Sunday afternoon at 5 at the Compton Family Ice Arena. Yeah, Well, what we can do now is go back to some more high school basketball conversation.
1: Friday night.
2: So it's Elkhart Central and Elkhart Memorial tonight at Northside gym. Chargers are one and oh. They beat Elkhart Christian 77, 48 Tuesday night. Blue Blazers are zero two. They let one get away Tuesday night against Goshen. Scott Seckle, the former Michigan state player, the one year head coach of Elkhart Central. Tried to get his first win and boy, what an atmosphere it'll be. Um, it is traditional that they have about 5,000 there for that game. I'd love to see even more than that in there tonight and get that old barn a-rockin' and see what Central Memorial can do. But there are some other good games around the area tonight. I mentioned Goshen. They're 2-0 and for the first time since 2013. They play at home against Mishawaka, the Cavemen playing their season opener. Their season was delayed by their football success. Ron Heklinski, veteran coach, but he's got a rather inexperienced team out there. Donovan Snyder's going to kind of have to carry the load a little bit for this Mishawaka team. That should be an interesting matchup in the Maple City. Good ball game on the west side of South Bend tonight. If you're in town, Laporte and Washington, I guarantee you, folks, they'll get up and down the floor. Laporte with the Large brothers. Garrett and Grant, I believe, are their names. And uh, they will be taking on this veteran Washington team, which lost its season opener 55-54 to Lake Central. And Washington with Jylem Petty and Demarcus Vaughn. Talented group. That should be a fun one and uh, a good tempo expected in that one between Laporte and Washington. Riley, we're going to see the Wildcats Tuesday night over at St. Joe, but they've got a tough test tonight. They go on the road to Middlebury and take on Northridge. Northridge one and one. They hammered Elkhart Central at Northside Gym, hit 13 threes in that game. Then they lost at the buzzard in number 4 Westview last Saturday night. So they'll try to bounce back. Their inside-out combination of Alex Stauffer down low and Sam Smith on the outside uh, could prove to be a challenge for Blake Wesley, Philip Robles, and the rest of the Riley Wildcats. And then uh, if you go down to Stark County tonight, Knox 1-0 and taking on a 1-1 Tippecanoe Valley team. Uh, interesting matchup there. We'll see how that one pans out.
1: I know we are super early, super at the front of high school basketball, but can you give me one, two, possibly three names of some players we need to watch this season?
2: Well, Trey Galloway, the kid that's going to IU, he plays at Culver Academy. They're on the road tonight in Chicago. but uh, Wow. Yeah, they're, they're playing Chicago military tonight. Okay. But Trey Galloway, I think CMA is the best team in the area. This year, we won't see them until February, I believe, on 46. Uh, J.R. Kinesny at St. Joe. Now, J.R. didn't play in the first game. I think he's got a bit of a shoulder problem right now. But he's a kid that's verbally committed to go to the University of Notre Dame. He's only a junior. Great outside touch. Uh, So he's one to watch. St. Joe looked very strong against Concord the other night. Blake Wesley at Riley. Another junior in South Bend who's getting heavily recruited. IU, Notre Dame, Butler, all coming to his doorstep to check on him. So those are three right there. Charlie Yoder over at Westview, possible Mr. Basketball candidate the other night against Northridge on Saturday night. 34 points, 8 rebounds. That's not shabby. So he'll have to do a lot for that Westview team, but he's one to watch, and I think Westview in general is one of the top teams in the area. So those are four right there that are worth watching.
1: Do you uh, get a kick out of seeing who's in the audience to watch them? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm looking around to see if there's any coaches there or I'll talk to the, usually the head
1: coach or one of his assistants knows who's coming that night. I'm going to put you on the spot. The most amount of people coming to see someone play in coaching world.
2: Uh, Demetrius Jackson. He would have... Bray, Izzo, um, I think whoever was coaching at Illinois at the time, Illinois was really hot on DJ. Uh, All of those schools, yeah. Okay. Now, there might have been more there watching Sean Kemp. I just wasn't as aware of it because I was much younger and inexperienced.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. All right. We've done our playlist. Uh,
2: big weekend coming up in terms of uh, pop culture. I'm sure it's, it's the Christmas season. You've got the Christmas music playing on Pulse FM. You put out a Christmas question on your own personal Twitter account today. Yes. Um, and this had to do with Christmas movies, or actually movies that have a tie into Christmas, but they aren't really Christmas movies.
1: I used a big word adjacent
2: adjacent Mm -hmm. so uh one of them die hard which i always kind of remember as a christmas movie because it's the christmas party that they're all at when everything breaks loose at
1: nakatomi tower
2: yeah and trading places i think very underrated movie uh i voted for trading places because that's one of my favorites i think that propelled eddie murphy to then do what he did in coming to America. I think that helped everybody in that movie.
1: It certainly helped uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Dan Aykroyd, who was already a force to be reckoned with back then. Been a while. Been a while for that one. Die Hard. I put Die Hard, Batman Returns, Gremlins, Trading Places.
2: Yeah, I don't think of Gremlins as a Christmas movie, I guess.
1: Ton of snow,
2: and it's at Christmas time because he's buying the Gremlin. No, I understand. Yeah. And I get what you're doing there. I just I wouldn't put Gremlins in with Die Hard or Trading Places. Currently,
1: Die Hard at fifty three percent of the doesn't votes.
2: surprise me at all. I think that's the one most people go to when they're saying, "Well, I want a Christmas movie, but I don't want a Christmas movie."
1: Disney Plus has got their hooks into the Man Clan Do they on not? Fridays.
2: Well, because you have uh, listened to the Mandalorian Rain, <laughs> uh, yes, with Bruce Hornsby,
1: yes. And a special appearance of Amy Sedaris tonight on the episode. Oh, really? John Favreau is getting a kick out of sneaking his buddies from his comedy roots in there. So the first episode, the Mandalorian is capturing somebody because he's a bounty hunter and it's an alien. If you're watching close enough and you know your SNL history, that's Horatio Sands. Okay. And then uh, the guy who drove the lightspeeder is another guy like from Big Bang Theory or whatever. So he's been sneaking these people in there where you go... isn't that uh Mm -hmm. and it is well that's nice that's fun yeah and then the jason momoa uh vehicle called c tonight's the last episode on apple tv okay Corey likey Corey likey a lot okay imagine a world chuck freebie a future world where humanity is blind something has happened technology's kind of gone to the wayside so it's back to the woods And a pair of kids come along that are born with sight. They're the only two who have sight, and they're twins. And they are in Jason Momoa's tribe as he maneuvers some things happening. Oh, it's good. All right. And then the morning show, which Debbie and I love. Now, how are you going to do all this and come watch me at Northside Gym? It's going to be.
2: I don't think you're coming to watch me
1: at Northside Gym. You don't think so? No oh look at you is that a is that a dare it's not a dare is that right? a triple dog
2: dare? i'm just saying that i i just picture you making maybe the wiser choice i wouldn't mind get that's close to the house too that's true i forget you're way over in east granger yeah i'm where right, the gates are
1: really strong right <laughs> do you know the code no, you don't. No, note. of course not. There's no access code for you. You know, the ugly sweater Christmas party was going to happen this weekend. I know.
2: I'm, you know, and I had, I made a purchase right before I saw the, uh, the final. You year. did? Yeah. Oh. Now, I might take it back. I might not. I'm still pondering that. You should I keep might, that
1: for future use.
2: I, well, that's what I might do. I'm, in fact, I might wear it in here on my, uh, my last, uh, my last day before Christmas. That makes sense. I don't want to say my last day, although you never know.
1: Thanks for listening, Yak fans.
2: Uga Luga Rick
1: Sutcliffe.
2: You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck
0: Freebie and Corey Mann as himself. Oh, Produced by Corey Mann. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. That's a- Engineered by Phil Susan executive producer is Danae Hughes, in partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at danae at studiodna.media.
1: From the parking lot!
0: Sports Yak archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com.
1: Everybody get out of here! There's a lobster loose!